0: This may come as a shock to some of you, but uh, I am not a woman. (laughs) Uh, I know I I have long hair, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Jill does have a picture of me with a wig on that might prove otherwise. I know I have long hair uh, right now. In fact, I thought, man, at least for the mothers, I should have gotten a haircut to honor them. Uh, But uh, I am not a woman. And beyond that, I'm not a mother. <laughs> and So as I felt God kind of tugging on my heart last week to do a Mother's Day sermon and a reflection on motherhood, I was going, Lord, are you sure? I, this, I, 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 this feels risky to me. Because it's something that at a, fundamental, at a fundamental level, at least, I am unfamiliar with. I, I, I can't speak fully into it because i I, i'm not there but i just i want to i want to try and god just kept kind of putting it on my heart like no nikki dive into this press in and, and 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 let's try to bless the ladies in this church i just wanted to meditate i mean i i have the privilege each week of kind of soaking in god's word on a given subject given text and this week I say, you know, it feels a little intimidating to me because I, I could come off sounding naive or misinformed or or even offensive uh, in some way. But God, I I, I want to develop my heart for for mothers, for for the ladies in our church, and I, I want to honor them. Would you help me do that? So this is kind of my attempt at that. Um, and I'm aware that as I begin this message, some might already kind of be starting to tune out, um, particularly because hey, hey, I'm not a mother. <laughs> I'm not a mom. If, if I'm a if I'm a dad, or I'm a kid, or I'm just a bro, or I'm I'm a lady without a kid, should I just walk out now? Is that what is that what Nick is saying? Is this is for the moms and that's about it? No way. No way. I want you to know I, I have a um, deep-seated conviction that. Everything we do in our services preaches to every member here. Um, that's why I love what Ian had to say about the offering. It's not just some little thing that we do like we're paying for you know entertainment or we just kind of we need money like a little nonprofit, every nonprofit does. It is a it is preaching something about our God and about who we are and, and his grace to us and the and the, the offering of thanks that we give back. To him, um, but in the same way as I come to this service and I prepare a, a a message devoted to motherhood, mothers, I have every single member in this church in mind. Let me show you what I mean. As far as the men go, you want to know what this message would preach to the men. It says this. Let's be a church, men, that honors our ladies. Let's be a church that, that whether it's it's your, your your wife by marriage, or it's your, your 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 mother or your your daughter or your sister by biology, or it's your mother, your sister, your daughter in the Lord by the Spirit Let's be a church that honors our ladies. Not only are they worthy of a Sunday message, they are worthy of so much more. That's what this sermon devoted to mothers could preach to the men here. And I think, hopefully, God willing, it will speak more than just that. Or to the children in our midst, what does a message about motherhood preach? This one's a little bit more direct because you got the fifth commandment, right? Honor your mother and your father. And last a uh, couple weeks ago, I, I mentioned that in Ephesians, Paul talks about this being the first commandment with a blessing. He says he says this. That here's the blessing that comes from following this fifth commandment to honor your mother. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So I am serving your life right now, children. <laughs> I want you to know that. I think you probably get this, because when you don't honor your mama, you kind of see that look in her eyes, right? Like, it's not going to go well with me. <laughs> I am not going to live long in this land if I don't learn to honor my mommy. And I joke, but I'm serious is for real serving the kids with a message on motherhood. Now what about the women that don't have children? And I know this gets a little sensitive. Um, There are perhaps unmarried ladies here who might want kids, but currently it's not in the cards. There are married ladies here Who perhaps want kids, have tried really hard to have kids and can't. They're unable for whatever reason. And Mother's Day does not seem like a cause to celebrate. It seems more like a cause to weep for you. And then there are those who are married and able, but are unsure about the whole motherhood thing. They're just not sure, do I have what it takes? It's a little scary, do I even want this? What is God calling me to do? And so I'm aware there are some in our midst, even ladies, that are not mothers. But I want to read this, I wrote this, and I said, I'm going to read this, because I know how sensitive it is, and I don't want to miss a single word. So hear me. Whatever the case may be, as a woman... You are still called the motherhood. That will become clearer as we go. For the scriptures present motherhood as it has been redeemed in Christ as more than a mere biological phenomenon. It is more than physically birthing or even adopting kids. Motherhood is having been coded into the very DNA of women by God himself, will find expression in her life, if not biologically, then certainly spiritually. Whether you have biological children or not, you are called by God to motherhood in this, the spiritual family of God. There are sons and daughters of God in this church who need your tender compassion, your self-sacrificing nurture your spiritual mothering. As Paul writes at the close of the epistle, let me show you this, to the Romans. Romans 16.13, here's what he says. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. Aren't you glad your name isn't Rufus? Chosen in the Lord, also his mother, now here it is, who has been a mother to me as well. Hear that she is not my biological mother, but in Christ in the Lord, by the Spirit, she has been a mother to me as well and Oh, how we need those kind of mothers in this church, biological or not motherhood for our women. Oh, there'll be more on that later, but I just open this way. To say, you may not be a mother, but this sermon is profoundly relevant to you, man, child, ma, or a lady without a, without a child. Relevant. I have three reflections on motherhood for us. Um, I'm going to follow the basic storyline of redemptive history: creation, fall. In redemption. Uh, my my reflections are as follows, and you'll see them on your handout there. First, motherhood is in God's image. Second, motherhood is through God's Son. Third, motherhood is on God's mission. Okay? Um, do I have some I have a sense that. If it's okay with you, I'll probably be done 45. We'll probably end the service 50. Is that okay? Is that okay with everybody? I, I am sitting here going, trying to edit on the fly, and I'm like, I just want, I, I want to serve the mothers for a moment. So maybe you're like, it would serve us to get out earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, just so you're aware? Alright. But I will, uh, I will do my best. Um, first, motherhood is in God's image. Motherhood is in God's image. We begin where motherhood begins, which uh, coincidentally is where creation begins. Motherhood, in one sense, is as old as the world because it's as old as humanity. Because without motherhood, human beings would not exist. I mean, that's just common sense. There is immediately... In the Scriptures, you get this sense that motherhood is a high, it is a lofty calling. Without it, we would not be here. Period. But Scripture's presentation of motherhood is at odds with our culture from the very beginning, right? What we see in the Scriptures um, in particular is that motherhood is a high calling. It is a profound privilege. It's a bright glory. What do we see in the culture around us? What, what's kind of spoken about motherhood and the culture around us? Thankfully, Mother's Day is still on the calendar, so we're not all bad. Thankfully, there is some honoring going on. But I imagine the moms who felt this in our day. Um, motherhood is, uh, is often not seen as a high calling. In fact, more and more it's seen as something that kind of gets in the way of A woman's calling. That's why you see those things you do on Time Magazine or whatever, where it's just, hey, we're we're now the childless couple. I want career, I want money, I want to be able to go where I want when I want it. And kids, they get in the way of that. Not a high calling, they get in the way of my calling. Or our culture, there's kind of this undercurrent that says it's it's not so much a privilege. It's not this profound privilege. It's a burden. It's a nuisance. We want to put them into daycare so we can go to, you know, our jobs and actually have meaning in our lives. Or it's not a bright glory. It's kind of something to be ashamed of. Like, if you're just a stay at home mom, just a mom, like, you don't want to tell your friends that. Because well what do you do all day if you're just a mom? Is what kind of people think. Oh, that means I'm kind of not I'm not out there making a difference if I'm just a mom. One husband reflecting on this writes here this. it's awesome. This guy's blog, he was just mad, you know, you could tell. Yes, my wife is just a mother. Just she just brings forth life into the universe. <laughs> and she just shapes and molds and raises those lives. She just manages, directs, and maintains the workings of the household while caring for children who just rely on her for everything. She just teaches our children how to be human beings, and as they grow, she will just train them in all things, from morals to manners to the ABCs to hygiene, etc. She is just everything to everyone. And society would just fall apart at the seams if she and her fellow moms failed in any of the tasks I outlined. Yes, she is just a mother. Here it is. Which is sort of like looking at the sky and saying, "Hey, it's just the sun." <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It's just the sun up there giving light to everything, and she's just a mom. Motherhood is a high calling, a profound privilege, in a bright glory, and it is all of those things in particular, um, because at a fundamental level, motherhood images God. It's in God's image. If we go back behind motherhood for a moment to consider womanhood in general, we read this in Genesis 1.27. It's awesome. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Now here it is. Male and female. He created them. God created man in his own image, male and female. He created them. God is the fountainhead of all being. He's the archetype, the original pattern that is imaged in both male and female together. I thought as a woman, this must be kind of hard sometimes to understand because God always talks about Himself in the masculine, right? And I would never stray from that. I think that's appropriate. I think not because God has gender, but because God is king. Because God is sovereign. So in that sense, we understand Him as masculine. But, but... We must speak of him as the source, the archetype and the pattern of all things feminine. You understand this? That's the meaning of Genesis 1:27. W- womanhood, we'll see motherhood comes out from God in the same way that manhood and fatherhood do. He is the author of the source, the original pattern. Womanhood emerges from and images God. But as we continue from the womanhood in general that we see in verse 27, we come to the motherhood now in particular of verse 28, first part. Because here's what it says. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The reference there is clearly to the idea of procreation, which requires what? Mothers. Mothers. So here is where we start to see, in a sense, the crown of womanhood is in motherhood. Womanhood in general, and motherhood in particular, images God in a special way. But how? There's probably numerous ways. That motherhood images God. I'm going to give us three. I'm going to give us three. I realize if I get too excited too early, we might not land this plane. (laughs) Motherhood images God first in God's triunity. Motherhood images God's triunity. Here's what I mean. We must not miss the fact that when God sets out to make man in his image, he speaks in the plural. I wonder if you caught this in verse 26 of Genesis 1. Let us, let us, let us make man in our, in our, in our image. There's a plural. Now, people argue about what that could be. It's quite possible. We're talking about the triune relation here, Father, Son, and Spirit. Let us make God make man in our image. And the idea is God has always existed in community, three in one, triunity, three persons all together. And so when He makes man in his image, He puts man in the context of community, relationship, male and female, he created them. Now check this out, and as the Spirit proceeds out from the loving union of the Father and Son, so children proceed from the two, male and female, when the two are brought into a union of one flesh. I'm just theologizing here, but it's pretty powerful to think about. Right. Let us make man in our image. Okay, we'll put him in community, male, female. And when they come together in a union of love, they, they, they start to give birth to even more children. And now there's this, there's this community, many and yet one. Motherhood images God's triunity. But this actually leads to the second way that motherhood images God. Images His... <laughs> I heard that. Motherhood images God's creativity. Creativity. In the creation, um, as we read it in Genesis 1-2, God is portrayed as first creating these realms, okay, of of, uh, heaven and earth, sea and land. And then he fills these realms with life. So he creates these realms and he fills them. He's creative. He's multiplying. He's filling. So when He creates Adam and Eve, what are they called to do? We just read it. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth with life, with His image. Those created in His image. As God is creative and filling, so womanhood and motherhood in particular images that as she helps to fill the earth with children. There's a reason why we call that procreation. <laughs> it's creative. Third, and perhaps most importantly for our time here, at least I'm going to give a little bit a few more minutes to it, Motherhood images God's charity. Motherhood images God's charity. God self-identifies as Father, like I said. And I would never deviate from this. I'm not going to go the shack on you guys and start calling God Mother, okay? He doesn't do that. We don't see that in Scripture. Again, I think it's because, not because He has gender, but because of what Father signifies in terms of sovereignty and control and His position. But, but, He is not just the pattern of fatherhood, but of motherhood as well. God is not a mother, but He is still like a mother. Okay? And just as much as we need His power, His provision, and His protection, we also need His nurture, His tenderness, His charity. There are numerous texts I could show you, but I want you to consider Isaiah forty-nine thirteen through 15 for this. You can just listen. Again, I'm... I'm moving fast. I know that. And I'm staying closer to my notes. Maybe you all are enjoying this more. I don't know. Verse 13 of Isaiah 49 says this. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing, for the Lord has comforted His people and will have compassion on His afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. You ever felt like that? My Lord has forgotten me. You ever been there? Here's his response. Can a woman forget her nursing child? That she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget. Yet I will not forget you. Do you hear that? This is one of the most precious promises in all the Bible. And it comes in the packaging of motherhood. He's saying, I will be like a mother to you. Mothers don't forget their nursing children. And even if they did, I won't forget you. I'm the mom of moms, is what Yahweh's saying. Which is why later to Israel we read this, Isaiah 66.13, a few chapters later, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. I'm the author of motherhood. I invented it. It proceeds from me. And as a mother comforts her child, I'm coming for you, Israel. Mercy Hill. So mommy, I, I know, <laughs> I know that there will be times when you feel like caring for your child is mundane, it's exhausting, it might even feel dehumanizing. Like this little child stole my life from me. I'm up all night long. I'm wiping bottoms. I'm, you know, it's just one thing after the other. My life is gone. Caring for a child can sometimes feel like that, but I am telling you and what the scriptures are telling us is that, no, no, something so profound is going on. You are imaging in those moments the charity of Almighty God. He exists to uphold life in others. All things upheld by the word of His power, right? He is under us right now. If God stops mothering me, I die. And so, you upholding the life of another is not insignificant. It's imaging God. Second reflection this is where we'll spend more time. Motherhood is through God's Son. Motherhood is through God's Son. Eve failed, did she not to image God in the way outlined here, at least fully. Rebellion against God's command leads to distortion of God's image. So the, the triunity, the creativity, the charity that motherhood should image is marred, marred by sin. And instead, what comes into the world, as you continue reading in Genesis, is division, destruction. Not self-sacrifice, but self-defense and self-protection. There's kind of this counter-image, the image of the serpent, if you will, going on. The image has been marred, the image of God in man, the image of God in motherhood. But upon the marring of God's image in the fall, God immediately sets out upon its renewal. And you want to know the crazy thing? He puts kind of the the, the context of this renewal, or He puts this renewal in the context of motherhood. I'll show you what I mean. To Satan, the serpent, God says in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and her offspring. You hear that? That's motherhood right there. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. In other words, from the woman will come a son, a child who will trample the devil's head, though this child will be wounded in the process. Motherhood is how we're going to renew humanity back into God's image redemption is coming through motherhood but now it's likely because of this promise in Genesis 315 that 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 uh, as we kind of read keep reading in in the the story there <laughs> we come to this this interesting naming of 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 the woman naming of Eve in uh, Genesis 3 verse 20. Maybe you've never noticed this before. Listen in. This is going to come back later. We move immediately from the cursing of, of the serpent and the man and the woman in Genesis uh, 3, 14-19. We move immediately from the cursing of the world to Adam's naming of his wife in verse 20. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Eve means life. Now, you have to be in the flow of this narrative to catch this, but reflect on this with me. We just got done with the curses, not talking about death, or not life, but death. Life didn't come through this couple into the world, but death. I mean, the verse immediately prior in, in in verse 19 is this, You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Because of sin, death has entered the world. That's the context of the naming of of Adam's wife. And yet you come out of that, and, 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 and with the curse of death still hanging in the air, as it were, Adam says, Ah! God, I've got it. I know what I want to name my wife. Life. you got to go, that's insane. Either Adam is utterly naive, completely missed what God was saying, or he heard in Genesis 3.15 what God was after. Namely, in the curse on the serpent, There was a promise made to mankind of triumphant son who would be born to the woman. And this promise of life rang out louder to Adam than any curse of death. Therefore, she shall be called not death, but life, Eve. Because to her, to woman, through motherhood is going to come the Redeemer. Motherhood after the fall is only properly understood then in light of this Redeemer. Motherhood is now all about the Son. Now, (laughs) it's interesting that um, as we follow the development of this promised seed, The whole work, or the whole of his kind of redemptive work can actually be understood through the lens of motherhood. I wonder if you've ever thought about this before. Consider the life of Christ with me, just briefly, through the lens of of motherhood. First, the promised child, Jesus the Christ, is born to a mother. That's a significant beginning. And we've been dealing with that, Luke 1 and 2, the last eight months. I'm not going to go there right now. He was born to a mother. That ought to dignify motherhood immediately. The Messiah, the Savior, God, came into the womb of a woman. Second, Christ longs for Israel like a mother. He he likens His desire, His desire for relation with Israel to draw them close like that of a mother. Hear this in Luke 13.34. O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. I'm a mother hen here. saying, Why are my babies running from me? I'm here to protect and care and nurture, and you could care less. He longs for Israel like a mother. Third, Christ groans in labor pains like a mother. As He's speaking to His disciples of His impending death and resurrection, He gives them this analogy. This is John 16.21. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. You know what I'm saying? We're going into labor here. As I'm going to the cross and my death and my resurrection, we are going into labor here. I am going into death so that you might walk into newness of life. He takes on our sins, gives us his righteousness, and we walk out new. Which leads to the fourth and final thing I'll I'll refer to is the the work of Christ through the lens of motherhood. Fourth Christ gives birth like a mother. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Well, yeah, we need to be born again. I don't honor motherhood in a pretty significant way. John 3.3 Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is mommy language. Because of sin, you and I are born spiritually dead. But because of Christ, by His Spirit, you and I can be born again. Christ, Here's the crazy thing. Christ redeems motherhood by doing the work of a mother Himself. I'm going to give you one massively important implication from all of this. Hopefully I'm not leaving you in the dust. Um, Hopefully you're tracking with me, but please hear me now. Listen to this implication from motherhood now being seen through God's Son. Before you can be the mother God's created you to be you must first be the daughter God's redeemed you to be. I'm going to read it one more time. Before you can be the mother, God's created you to be. You must first be the daughter God's redeemed you to be. Motherhood is only properly understood now through God's Son. And through God's Son, you've been redeemed. You've been regenerated. You've been adopted as God's beloved daughter. And if you don't start, if you don't start at the outset, aware, convinced, overwhelmed by your Father's love and grace for you, you will not make it through the minefields of motherhood. It'll be a slavery and a burden, laboring and never feeling good enough until you know in Christ I'm enough. I am my father's child. Therefore, I can move in to the minefield of motherhood and do my best. (laughs) Being a mother is hard. Again, forgive me, I don't know for sure, but I've seen it. (laughs) <laughs> I've read about it. It takes you to the end of yourself, does it? No. And as you go to the end of yourself, let me tell you what you find. It's not pretty. As the kids are waking you up again, or whatever it is, or they need more, or they need more. What, what, you get to the end of yourself, and guess what? The end of yourself is not pretty. There's sin at the end of me. I start saying, "Oh my goodness." When everything's comfortable, I feel righteous and sanctified. But turn up the heat, and out comes the sin. I see it. You see it. And your kids see it. What do you do with that? My sense is that a lot of mothers deal with an almost constant, nagging sense of guilt. Even when they feel like they're the best mommy around, there's this insecurity underneath it. There's this constant nagging sense of guilt that even years after the kids have left home, it still remains. You're an empty nester, but the nest isn't empty. Guilt remains. You're never good enough. You blow it on a daily basis. You raised your voice again. You let them watch way too much TV when they were young so that you could sleep. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't ever do devotions with them. So now that they're grown, they don't know the Lord. Or maybe you did too many devotions with them and you scared them away from the Lord. But whatever, whatever way it goes, you're certain it's your fault. You're screwing up. There's guilt in all of this. You've blown it. But hear me now. Because of the promised offspring, God's Son, and His work on the cross, though you are not a perfect mommy, though you are still dealing with the sins of your flesh, His name over you is not death, but life. We're going to call her Eve, because even though I screwed up as a mommy, He's not done with us. He's going to redeem this. And I wonder, what name do you take to yourself? Is it the name of the curse or the name of the promise? Mother, if you have repented and trusted in God's Son, then you are united to God's Son by His Spirit. And if you are united to God's Son by His Spirit, then you are God's daughter. And if you are God's daughter, then life, not death, will have the last word over you. Grace, not condemnation, will prevail. Your name, because of Jesus, is life. Is that what you would write on your name tag? Or is it death, screw-up, failure, loser? Jesus is naming you life. He's able to take your broken parenting and make it into something beautiful. Let's learn from Adam there the boldness to name his wife life there. In light of God's promise of the Redeemer, motherhood is through God's Son. <laughs> Finally, motherhood is on God's mission. The commission given to Adam and Eve that they be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with God's glorious image could originally be be fulfilled actually just through procreation alone. You just have kids and you're fulfilling that mission. Because if they had had loved and obeyed God, they would have begotten children that loved and obeyed God who would have begotten children who loved and obeyed God and they would have filled the earth with God's glorious image bearers. But that is not what happened. After the fall, what was once achievable through mere procreation now can only be achieved through conversion. We give birth to children in need of being born again. This is the reason for the Great Commission that just overlays what was given to Adam and Eve. He's given to to us by Christ and He calls us to go into the nations and make disciples, to labor for people to be born again. Motherhood is vital in the first instance there in Genesis 2. You need it like we saw to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Procreation requires motherhood. But even as that mission changes, even as the mission changes, is now seen through the lens of redemption and it comes to us in the Great Commission. Go into all the nations and make disciples. Motherhood is still absolutely vital to God's mission. And this is because the frontier of this mission field does not begin, hear me now, in the 1040 window. The frontier of this mission field does not begin somewhere in the 1040 window. It begins with the little girl by your living room window. The nations, the great commission to labor, to see people born again in Christ begins in the home. It is not enough that my little girls be born in Adam, they must be born again in Christ, and mothers are called into this mission work. I'll skip Timothy's mother wait. Just read you Second Timothy three fourteen and fifteen. Here Timothy's mother, and how the role she played. Paul says this to Timothy: As for you, continue in what you've learned, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood. And we know from Second Timothy one five, he's talking about his mom there. How from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Do you hear that? Timothy, you are the way you are because someone, when you were really little, childhood, was getting you ready to receive Jesus, bringing the Scriptures to you, teaching you, And later on he says, that was your grandma and that was your mommy. Getting you ready for Jesus. On his mission. Motherhood not only procreation, but conversion. Essential to the mission. Now, I'm going to end here with a word to every woman in this church. Whether you have biological children or not, With the coming of Christ and the great commission given to us in Him, with the focus now, not so much on the physical birth, but on the spiritual birth, on the new birth, motherhood, to our utter amazement, starts to broaden out beyond the boundaries of biology. With this move into the spiritual birth and the spiritual family of God, motherhood starts to broaden out Out beyond the boundaries of biology. This is why when Jesus is told that his mother and brothers are looking for him, how does he respond? Hear this, this is crazy. I would not have the guts to say this, but he's Jesus, so he can't. Mark three, thirty-three through thirty-five. Your mother and your brothers are looking for you. Who are my mother? and my brothers. And Jesus, looking about at those who sat around him, said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. What this means for every woman in this church is staggering. The claim... To motherhood is no longer merely biological. It's spiritual. Motherhood is no longer confined to those who labor in the physical birth but it is especially now ascribed to those who labor for the spiritual birth in others. There are now mothers in this church with no biological children, and they are mothers in the family of God because they are laboring to see the new birth in others. And they want to raise up young people in the faith in Jesus. They are doing the work of motherhood in the spiritual family of God. So you might not ever get married. You might not. You might never get to hold that child in your arms. You just just thought it would be just a dream come true. It might never happen for you. Or you might be married and your womb, it's just as dry as the Sahara. And you don't know why. It's just God's will for your life. As heartbreaking as it is. You'll never have your, your own kind of reflection and connection genetically to a child. And it breaks your heart, and it should, because it wasn't supposed to be this way. We were to fill the earth in the beginning with just our children. okay? So it's supposed to hurt. But regardless of where you are, your status biologically as a mother you are called by Almighty God to motherhood. You are called to labor for the new birth in others, to nurture the young faith in others. You're supposed to lay down your life so that you can raise up sons and daughters in Christ. So wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, ladies in this church, it's my... Prayer, my 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 pleading with you fulfill your call to motherhood, to his glory. Let's pray. God, thank you for every woman in this church. You have given them such a critical role to play in your mission, both as it was originally handed to Adam and as it's been uh, regained and configured in Christ. I pray, God, would you come? Let every mother in here be overwhelmed in these moments by their status as your beloved daughter. And send him out on your mission with your high calling. In Jesus' name, amen.